You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Amen? Amen. So that kind of segues into my message, talking about hope restored. Seeing hope restored in families and individuals that God divinely places in our lives that wants to use you and I as home missions. I love it. I love the heart of home missions. I love what happened here just a moment ago in, in baptism. Isn't that exciting? Come on. Right? People are getting discipled. People are coming to, to, to lay down their old life now and saying, this is, I'm, I'm new in Jesus. And, and this is what Jesus has done in my life. And seeing that, that video, man, oh my goodness, it gets me every time. I saw the first service and I looked at my wife. She's crying. I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, oh, but it's amazing. It's amazing to see Pastor Rachel baptizing. I was Pastor Rachel's junior high pastor. I feel 40 today. <laughs> those shoes you gave me, thank you. My special orthotics will fit nice in those. I, I'm a runner now, again, with, and Pastor Ben, we ran uh, for Team World Vision uh, last week, uh, but now I have knee braces, two knee braces, and two orthotics in my shoes. I'm like, what is going on? But, but I, I, um, again, I'm honored to be here with you guys today, and I really want to, in these next few moments, really take a look at a passage of Scripture in John chapter 4 today, and, and so you can turn there. It'll be on the screens as well. Um, but really just want to go through this, this story in, in the Bible, and this is something that you may be familiar with this passage of Scripture, but uh, it's really about hope being restored. And this is a story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman that Jesus encounters. And it's just amazing. And, and I, I do, every time I read this passage of Scripture, I get choked up when I think about it. When I think about this encounter that Jesus has with a, this woman in this passage of Scripture, this woman that's never named, I don't know her name, but it's amazing that we see what happens, the transformation that happens, the hope restored in her life. And what she does is, is there's an entire town of people that come to believe because of this woman, because of this one encounter, because of this experience. And we're going to read through this today. And there's four things that I just want to pick up from the scripture that I see that we need to be uh, to those that God entrusts us, that God places in our life. Right? And they're very practical. They're very simple. How many of you know that God is not like, we don't have to be you know, geniuses in here to, to follow this. God is very practical. And sometimes we put our own, our own spin on things or our own ideas on things, and we try to overcomplicate things. But God is like, it's not that hard. And we're going to see that in Scripture. He wants to use each and every one of us in this room. Each and every one of you have influence. And I want you to know that. You have influence. You have influence that your pastor doesn't have. With people, you know, Pastor Ben is ministering to people here that come into this church and the people that, that, that are in his life. But each and every one of you, God has divinely placed people, placed you in your neighborhoods, your homes, your schools for a reason. And, and, and how many of y'all know, and my pastor says this all the time, we're not running out of money, we're running out of time. We are. Like we have such this short time here on earth and this is not it. If you're thinking this is it, this is not. <laughs> Heaven is our home. Being with Jesus for eternity is our home. And we need to bring, we can't bring all the stuff, right? The stuff that we get from CityServe is great, but we're not going to bring that with us, right? It's not what it's about. It's, about. it's about souls. It's about people. It's about through relationship, as we're going to see in this story here. Would you pray with me this morning before I start? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that, um, <laughs> Lord, we don't have to beg and plead for you to be here. You're here waiting on us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here, that you're in us, you're empowering us. So God, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to really hear your word tonight. 
this morning um, to really let it sink in, not go in and out, but really just resonate with us, Lord. May it come alive to us today. Maybe this is a passage of scripture we've read over and over in the story we know, but may it come alive to us this morning. We love you. We thank you. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. So this story is really, it's just a rich example of love, of truth, of redemption, and acceptance. How many of the people just want that hope? They want that acceptance in life, right? And, and how many of y'all you know that you're here out of a, a relationship? I'm standing in front of you because of a relationship of someone that invested in me, right? That we accept this call that, 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 that we are, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that here. Again, this woman was never named in Scripture, but makes such an amazing impact in, in, in her, in her um, realm, in her sphere. So starting uh, John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1 today, and we're going to just read through this here. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making disciples, more disciples, uh, disciples than John. Through Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on his way, eventually coming to a Samarian village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well at about, at about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And I'm going to stop right there, just, just right here. So in this passage of Scripture, we see that, that Jesus is intentional. That's the first thing that we see is Jesus is very intentional. How many of you we need to be intentional with the time that we've given, we've been given? Right? I mean, there's some, some time, 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 things that can monopolize our time and, and take up our time that maybe we need to kind of reprioritize our, our, our lives a little bit. Anybody? Facebook? Come on. Talk about fasting, Pastor Ben. <laughs> right? Um, but we need to be very intentional. And being very intentional, where God places us and, and where we go, right? What are we doing in our life that we're intentionally placing ourselves in, in, in a position that we're, we're encountering the lost? Just think about that, okay? Think about that. What, what, what are we doing? We're, you're in your workplaces. You're at school, right? You're, you're, where are we? When we're intentional with the places that God places us. And Jesus is very intentional with his time, right? He stops at, from a long journey. He stops at this well at noon. He's very precise. He's God. He knew she was going to be there. But he's very intentional. He's showing us this, that wherever we're at, wherever we are, we're, we're aware of our surroundings. And we're intentional where we're at. Um, and so he rested uh, while his disciples were away. You see, this, this, the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, frequented the well at this time uh, the, uh, on purpose. You know, it's noontime. I don't know, have you ever been to a desert? Drawing water at noontime is not the time to draw water, right? I've been to Phoenix, Arizona. My wife and I did one summer. We were in a mission assignment there. It was hot. <laughs> I'm not drawing water from a well at noon, right? And so you see this. You see that she frequented this, this, this well at this time, um, filling up her jars of water uh, on purpose. And, and it, and it kind of breaks my heart when you think about it, but she did this. She planned her day around this to really to escape the pain and the shame that she carried in her life. When you think about that, that, that she plans her day around this when this is a typical time where women, it was, it was a you know, kind of a celebrated time. They would go in groups uh, and, and they would draw water for their families, for their animals. But she was all alone in the, in the, in the, in the highest hot part of the day that she would go by herself because she was carrying shame. She was carrying this in her and she was trying to avoid seeing people, trying to avoid seeing other women uh, in their town that day. And it breaks my heart. 
And I hope it breaks our heart when we think about the people that are lost, people that are on the outside, right? She's on the outside. She's, she's the outcast. She's, she's the one that people aren't interacting with. And, and as we see in a moment later on in the story, if you're not familiar, that we see the shame and the pain that she carries. But there's hurting people all around us, everybody. We need to open our eyes to that, that God is going to give us these divine appointments and show us these individuals, these families that we need to reach, that we need to love when we talk about home missions and, 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 and not treat them as outcasts, but bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in. Include them in your life. When we're ministering, right, when I'm ministering with my wife, I bring my kids along. I want to teach my kids this, that we're teaching the little ones at, at a young age that we, we're including people. We're not, we're not treating people as outcasts. We're not... Not looking at their outward appearance and saying, ah, you're, you're too messy, you're too this, you're too that. No, I'm including you. And it just shows God's love uh, for this woman. And, uh, you know, from this, again, we can, we can guess that she's an outcast. She's an outcast. She's, she's not in the, the club, right? She doesn't go to the country club with the other women. She's, she's all alone. And at this moment, and it's just a beautiful thing, that her life was forever changed by the love of God. By Jesus' love for her, forever changed you know, again, she's representing the low, right? The lowest of the low. This shows Jesus' love for the world, right? There's opportunities all around us to restore hope in people's lives. Again, I'm going to say it over and over. We just got to open our eyes to see it, right? Holy Spirit's going to speak. He's going to give you this nudge. He's going to give you this impression that you need to do it, right? I mean, you know, we need, to, we need to respond to that. What are you going to do when he places things in your, in your lap? Right? We don't have to open our eyes. We don't have to look too far to see the, the hurting, the broken, and, 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 and needs, right? We just got to respond. And, and I'm guilty. I've missed it before. Anybody missed it? Right? I'm one of the only ones. Okay. You guys are holy, and that's good. I've missed it, and I'm like, God, forgive me. Like when the Lord's like, hey, Eric, you need to do this, right? You need to pay for that person's gas. You need to do this. You need to do that. Ah, oh, yeah, but how many of you know that, that sometimes, God, it's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience to us, and we have to be okay with that. God gives us these things. He gives us these nudges, gives us these opportunities that may cost us. It may cost us our time. Our time is very valuable. It's precious, right? It might cost us resources. Come on. The pocketbook, Right? But God is calling you to do it. Well, I blessed that one person one time years ago. That's great. What have you done now? If we're relying on those past stories, I remember the first time that God asked me to give something very big, and I was like, okay, God, and I released it in faith, and it's amazing what God did in that moment in my life. But if I'm referring back 20 years ago to that one time, shame on me. <laughs> what are we doing now? What are we doing in this moment each and every day with the opportunities that God gives us? Amen. So we see that God is very, Jesus is very intentional. So it's up to us to respond. He puts us in that position. What you do determines what's next, right? Come on. Y'all awake today? Y'all good? Amen. All right. Continue on. And Jesus said to her in, in uh, verse 7, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into a village to buy some food. Again, he's very intentional. Send his disciples off. They were going to go get food. So he's all by himself. <clears throat> the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I love this. That she still has no idea who she's talking to. <laughs> On this side, I'm like, you're talking to Jesus. You're talking to the Messiah. You're talking to the one that you've been waiting for, right? And it's just incredible. And, and he says, can you give me a drink? Please give me a drink. Here's the thing. In this passage, we see that Jesus is very practical. 
Guys, ministry does not have to be hard. Don't make it hard. Just be practical. As we see Jesus is opening up this conversation and, and he's like, I just, I need a drink. As we're ministering to people, as pe- God places people in our path, um, how can I serve you? <laughs> that word serve is such a powerful word. How can I serve you? What can I do for you, right? What do you need? And it's amazing, and as I refer back to CityServe, that you have resources in your, in your inventory at your pod, which is an amazing testimony uh, of what uh, God provided that space for you as well. God is already moving through this ministry. It's just incredible. But like, what can I do? What, how can I meet your need? You can get, again, you need to be at that training at 1230, and, and you have resources that I'm able to, to, to meet that physical felt need in someone's life to, to, to open up that door, right? And that's just one reference. There's so many other things that you can do, but how can I help you? Can I pray for you, right? We need to show people that we don't want anything in return. I just want to, I just want to love you. Amen? I just want to serve you. I, I, I'm here for you. And, and people need that. So don't overcomplicate things. Be, be practical. God's practical. He's not going to make it hard on us. Again, that's us getting in the way, right? You got to think about the people that have loved, intentionally loved you. And that just means something to you. You'll never forget those moments, right? That, that, that when that individual and that person did something for you. Like these are powerful moments that God gives us. So, so um, this next part, I love this. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and, and the well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? So she, they're starting this dialogue, right? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? So here you see this dialogue happening. You know, this woman and Jesus is incredible. And in this, in this passage here, that Jesus is relational. Isn't that incredible? She still doesn't know who she's talking to, but Jesus is so very relational. He, he heard her story and he made time for her, right? People need to know that, 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 that you're like, I'm here to invest in you. I, I'm going to give you of my time, you know. I love you. I'm here for you. He's like, I'm just, I'm having this conversation with you. I'm building this relationship. How many people are sitting in this room right now and in the place that you're at because of a relationship that somebody invested in you? I'm living proof right here. You might not have liked me before I knew the Lord. (laughs) Y'all know who you were before Jesus, right? Right? And you know the people that helped you get you where you're at, right? I never thought I would be in ministry. I never thought I'd be speaking in front of people. Never thought I'd be a pastor. I wanted to make money. Um, it's a joke. <laughs> you know, but it's amazing what God will do in your life when you just open up and say, okay, Lord, I want to be used by you, right? I would never, I couldn't get in front of people and speak. I stuttered. I was scared. I was that guy in speech class that I was sick the day I had to present, right? But it's amazing. God will give you opportunities. God has equipped each and every one of us with gifts, talents, and abilities. This God-given design to be relational to people, to, to meet those needs, to meet those practical felt needs in people's life. So we see this, that Jesus, he, he made time for her, right? He, ma- he made her feel comfortable. Right? He wasn't weird. We don't want to be weird, okay? And Pastor Ben said, amen. Don't be weird. Don't, 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 you don't, don't think that you have to know every, every single book of the Bible and, and every scripture in the Bible. Like, like do, do ministry right now. 
right? We're never going to be perfect this side of heaven, right? God's not waiting for you to be perfect. He's waiting for you to be practical. <laughs> he's waiting for you to be relational, using the giftings that he's given you. And Jesus is setting that perfect example here. He's just like, I'm spending time with you. We're hanging out. She still doesn't know who she, he is yet, right? Life happens through relationship. It's through relationship. It's that discipleship that happens. It's those life-changing moments through relationship. We were built for community from the very beginning of time in, the, in Genesis, right? God created us for community. And people on the outside, as this woman was, she just desperately needed that community, and she didn't have it. She was broken. She was lost. She needed somebody, right? And so uh, be real with people. I got to say that. Be real. Do not be fake. <laughs> people spot it a mile away. This younger generation, this generation, they, will, they know the real to the, from the fake, right? Every time I get on a stage, I'm like, God, before I preach a message, deal with me. Deal with my heart before I even say anything that comes out of my mouth. Deal with me, right? Help me to be who you've called me to be on the stage and off the stage. So all of us, people are watching, y'all. <laughs> Believe it or not, be real. Be genuine. Don't be, be okay with sharing about your life. I think sometimes we can get, like, I, I never want to be up here. I'm down here. I'm, you know, I may be holding a microphone right now, Pastor Eric, but I'm Eric, right? And that, that's me. It's, it's, it's Pastor Ben, but Pastor Ben is, is Ben. He's, he's a real guy, right? And, and the more that people can see our lives that, 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 oh, you know, I think sometimes, like, they think, well, that's unobtainable. I can't, you're so holy. Well, we're human, <laughs> When I'm driving down the, down the road, <laughs> come on, somebody. I, that's why I don't have a Jesus bumper sticker in my car, right? <laughs> I can't. That little ichthus, he's not in my car. We're, 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 we're real. You've got to show people that, right? We're not perfect. Jesus was the only one. So good, good ministry, as demonstrated by Jesus in this passage of Scripture, is treating people with dignity, with respect, and sensitivity. That's it. Dignity, respect, sensitivity. Amen? Amen. God's calling us to this. You know, I, I pray that we never look at people at surface level. And I got to talk to you about this because so often I talk to people as I minister and I talk about CityServe and I talk about the, the products that you have. I hear people say all the time, well, I don't know anybody that's homeless. I don't know anybody that, that's financially hurting. But I tell you this, the, the guy next to you that has the, the, the lake house at Grand Haven, right, the boat in, in, in Grand Haven slip right now, you know, they, they may look by the world standards like they have it all together, they have everything, but yet spiritually inside they're broken, they're lost, they're hurting, right? The individual that is homeless or that's down and out, like they, they, they need Jesus as well, right? So don't ever think, oh, I don't know anybody that's, I can't bless anybody that's, you know, I, I look at my inventory. The guy that's waxing his, his, his Escalade every weekend, right, that has the perfectly manicured lawn, that guy. <laughs> you may have something in your pot inventory that, hey, we've got a, a, a buffer, right? And it's just an inroad to have a conversation with a neighbor that you've lived next to for a decade that you haven't met. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That the, it's just an inroad. It's saying, hey, I love you. Hey, I was thinking about you, and I just wanted to bless you with this. On behalf of our church, hey, we, we, I was thinking about you. I wanted to bless you. It's not that hard. Be practical. Come on. Bring a gift basket to that new neighbor that, that, that just moved in. It's just a, an inroad. Hey, just thinking about you. Welcome to the neighborhood. It's not hard. We just have to do it. I'm guilty. There's a guy that I lived next to for 10 years, and I hadn't met, and I'm like, oh, Lord. As I'm up on the stage, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to talk to that guy, right? 
Be real. Be practical. Be relational. It's all through relationship that people are going to come to know the Lord. And he wants to use you and I. That is so humbling. (laughs) God, you choose to use us in perfect. You know me. You know us. But you choose to use us, each and every one of us in this room. Um, As we raise our kids, I mentioned, you know, I have three daughters. I want to instill that in them. Um, Lord, help me. Three daughters. (laughs) Instill it in them at at an early age, right? Live countercultural. This world's standards are something, but God's standards are something else. Completely separate. We serve people, right? How do we love people? Jesus' greatest commandment, love the Lord your God, your all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Equally as important, love your neighbors yourself. And how do we love them? We serve them. As Jesus pointed out here in this passage of Scripture. Continuing on, this is a long passage, but this is where it gets really good here. Continuing on in verse 13. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. I gotta stop there because she, she's broken. She's hurting. She doesn't have hope. And in this moment, she, she, for the first time, she's like, I need this. I know I need this. Guys, we, we, the people that we minister to, the people that we come in contact with, they desperately need the living water. They need Jesus, right? They're searching for it in everything and anything else. They're searching for happiness. The guy that has everything is searching for happiness and everything. They're ultimately looking for God. They're ultimately looking for Jesus. And we have that answer. And in this moment, she's about to experience that, which is incredible. And uh, she said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus says, go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have five husbands, and, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke truth, sir, the woman said. She's like, oh, he found me out now. You must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when you know, will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on the mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, but we Jews knew all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who worship him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, (laughs) the one who's called Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Can you imagine what is about to happen in this moment? She has been with Jesus this whole time, right? And in this moment, <laughs> says that Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Come on, can you imagine that? Face to face with Jesus. Offers this woman living water. You see, he's not, in this moment, he's not trying to shame the woman for calling her out about the husbands, that, that, that. That thing, that thing that she was carrying, that shame, that guilt, that, that burden that was on her, right? That everybody judged her for, that everybody pushed her off in the outcast, and she had, had to go at noon to go draw water by herself. But he's like, in this moment, he's not, again, not trying to shame her. You see, without conviction of sin, there's no conversion, right? 
And this just shows us that when we minister to people, when we talk to people, when we're real to people, we're not shaming them for what they've done. Y'all in this room have a testimony, right? You know who you were before Jesus. If I pass this mic, well, I'm not going to pass the mic around for those stories. Somebody needs to hear your story, though. Everybody, we, we have things that, that we're not proud of, that, that Jesus can come in and, and, and forgive us of our sins and restore hope. And, and in this moment, she has this encounter with Jesus. And he's, again, not calling it out because, you know, how many of you know we, need, we want people to be whole, healthy, restored, right, discipled? And we walk through them in this process. And Jesus is having this process where they're in this moment. So Jesus offers living water to her. In this story, in this passage, it shows the power of our testimony. And again, all of you have a testimony in this place. And I hope that you're not keeping it into yourself. We can't. This world needs to hear that. This is where I was. This is what I, this is what I, am, what I am now because of Jesus. It's incredible because the words that Jesus, this encounter that Jesus had, it made such a huge impact in her life. Listen. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. Come on. It's just, it's so incredible that she goes to town and she says, this is the encounter I had. And many came to know the Lord because of her. Right? And so I just, I encourage you, like, who has not shared their testimony yet? (laughs) Who does God want to use? Who, Who does God, who's placing your path? That he said, hey, I want, you to, I want to use you, right, to make a difference in this individual's life, to share their testimony, to continue further in the kingdom. Amen? And so never forget day one. I pray that you never forget that first day. I will never forget the first day when I truly gave my life over to the Lord and what he did. He restored so many broken areas in my life. It was a little process, but it was amazing. In that moment, that freedom I felt, in that moment, that freedom that she felt, never forget day one. Never forget it. Never forget that. Never forget your story. I will never forget the time. It was a year after I graduated um, high school. And I was at the mall. Again, I love shopping. Come on. I was at the mall. I was 19 at the time. And I, and I hear someone yell my name, Eric, in the middle of the food court. And I'm like, I kind of know that voice. <laughs> it was the guy that liked to beat everyone up in school. They're just for fun, right? Do you guys remember those? Hopefully... You're not that person, right? They enjoyed like fighting, that they would fight over anything, right? It was that guy. And I turn around and I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> He's beelining it right towards me. And, and I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna go down right now. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, I'm gonna work it out, right? No, he comes up to me, gives me this huge hug, wraps his arms around me. And he knew that I was, I was trying to live for the Lord back in high school and, and he, he hugs me and I'll never forget that moment. And he said to me in that moment, he said, Eric, he goes, I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Lord, you can do anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he hugs me and he's holding me. And like, he's like, God has done some amazing things in my life. And I, I've quit all the this and that. And like, he's like, I'm on fire for the Lord. I literally thought he was going to give an altar call right in the middle of the food court and get on the table. Like he was that excited. But I pray that we would never lose that excitement. Well, that day one, when God saved you, when he redeemed you, when he set you free from things, we'll never forget that, that we live like that missionally every day. God, thank you what you've done in my life. Help me to be that for somebody else. And it just happens over and over and over. Come on. So never discredit, never count out anyone. Jesus was going to count this lady out. 
She did some amazing things for God. And in this room, you can, and you already have, and you'll continue to do amazing things for God if you just let him. 1 Peter 4.10 says, For God has given you each a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So what's that mean for us to be the church? Um, God's restoration for his world is the church. This is it. Jeff Grinnell said something the last time I was here. He said, there's no plan B. This is it. God doesn't have another plan. It's you and I. He's given us some very specific assignments. He's opening up a window for his church to reclaim our, our, our biblical mandate to go, right? To go. The Great Commission, Mark 16, 15, 18. And he told them to go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone, everyone. Don't count anyone out. Anyone who believes and baptized and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those that believe. They will cast out demons on my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes safely. They will be able to drink anything poisonous that won't hurt them. I love this part. They will place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Isn't that exciting? God's like, I- I've given you everything that you need to be able to accomplish this. You're not doing this in your own strength. I'm with you. I'm for you. We need to accept that call to go. So let's go be the church. My pastor says all the time, find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. It's that easy. God will give you those needs. Start the relationship. You can do it. You can do it. I'm excited. I'm just looking in this room. I don't know y'all. I, don't, I say y'all. I'm not from the South, but I say y'all. I, say, I don't know you guys, but God knows you. He knows what he's placed inside of you. He's, he's, he, he, he knows. And he wants to use you. Again, he doesn't have a plan B. You're it. You can do it. One of the most fulfilling parts of being a Christian is, is really leading somebody to know the Lord, right? And then walk through them with this discipleship process. And you have some great programs here at the church to do that as well. But we get to be a part of it. You know, it's been in my heart lately, and my pastor said this years ago. He said, I'm believing for the day that more people get saved outside of the walls of this church than inside. Amen? And that's us. That's our biblical mandate to go. That's, that's home missions. That's, that's, I'm all for good church. And you have a great church. You have an amazing church. You have great worship. You have great programs. I'm not discrediting that. That is very important. We need to have good church. We need to have discipleship. We need to have community. We need to have fellowship. But if we're waiting on your pastor to get everybody saved, that, that's a problem. He can do it. He's equipped, right? And you bring the people here, they're going to hear the word. They're going to hear, they're going to have an altar call. They're going to have a moment. But it's you accepting that call that outside of these walls, this is just a building. This is not the church. We need to stop thinking that way. You're the church. So go be the church that God is calling you to be. Amen. Accept that biblical mandate. I know that may be scary. I, I know that, that you're like, well, uh, just do it. And it's amazing what God will do. And you're like, okay, I can do this, right? Be humble. It's not you. It's him working through you. But he wants to do some amazing things. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm running out of time here. I'm sorry, guys. So as Pastor Bobby, as you come up. Um, so Romans 10, 14, 15. But how can they call on him to be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go tell them without being sent? This is what the scripture says. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers that bring the good news. (laughs) So go be the church. Go be the hero. 
be at that training with your pastor today at 1230. You can do it. God believes in you. I believe that you're here for a, by a divine appointment today, that you're hearing this scripture, and I pray this scripture comes alive to you when we, when we, when we think about the people that, that are hurting and broken and lost, that we look at our own lives and say, God, thank you for what you've done. Now help me to be that for somebody else. Go be the church. I believe that you know, as we live, we need to be intentional, practical, relational. And then that eternal part, that's where, that's where we get to share Jesus. That's the most important thing of this in this passage of scripture. And I believe that we'll see needs met, prayers answered, lives transformed for the glory of God to advance his kingdom, his kingdom. You excited about this church? Come on. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. I ask you to bow your heads with me today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're so In this room, with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, you know, I, we talk about restoring hope into others, which, and that's our, that's our mandate. We need to do that. But in this room, you may be someone that, as we read the scripture, we talk about living waters, we talk about Jesus, that maybe you're in this room or maybe you're watching online today that you've never experienced that. You've never had that encounter with, with Jesus. And he said, Pastor Eric, today I, I need to give my life over to, to Jesus. And, or maybe you're in here and you say, I, I once was living for the Lord, but I'm not. I'm far off and I've gone astray. And, but today I want to make a recommitment to say, Jesus, I need you and I'm coming back. God, I'm coming back to you today. So in this very safe place, in this very holy, sacred moment between you and God, nobody looking around. If that's you, say, Pastor Eric, I, I, need, I need Jesus for the first time or I need to come back to him. I'm simply just going to ask you to raise your hand in the count of three and you can put it back down. We're not going to bring you up here. not going to embarrass you. But in this moment between you and God, he wants to change your life forever. So if that's you, I need Jesus. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Awesome. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can put your hands down. Thank you. Online, if that's you too, there's people that interact with you online if, if you're making this decision today. And those of you that raise your hand, this is the most important decision. <laughs> God is so proud of you. He loves you so much. <laughs> and he's got such a special plan for your life. <laughs> he loves you. I'm just going to help you out. I'm just going to, I'm going to pray this prayer. But I want you to pray with this. Pray with me. I want you to let these words just mean something between you and God. That from this moment, your, your life is never going to be the same. And you know what? In this room and online, we're, we're, gonna, we're all going to pray this prayer with you because we're going to agree with you in this moment. <laughs> so just simply repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father come before you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, I need you. I ask you come into my heart, come into my life, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new in you. 
help me to live for you every single day. I turn my life on my, I turn my, my back on my old life and I'm moving forward in you. Heavenly Father, I thank you you heard my prayer. I thank you that I'm right with you. I thank you that I'm your child, that you love me. You have a plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Scripture says that when one comes to know the Lord, that all of heaven is going crazy. So can we celebrate right now in this place, in this moment? Come on, for those that made that decision today. Amen. (laughs) Amen. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And those of you that raised your hand today, Pastor Ben and the team has great resources for you. They want to connect with you after service online. Make sure you put that in the chat that you gave your life to the Lord. They want to connect with you as well. You are a part of an amazing church that that is seeing lives changed, seeing lives saved and discipled and making disciples, going out into your community. I'm excited for y'all. You guys are amazing. Pastor Ben loves you. I think we're going to go back into a song here. Would y'all stand up here tonight? And let's just celebrate again for what happened in this moment and what's going to continue to happen in the lives of of people that, that are going to walk through these doors, but also outside of these doors that you interact with each and every day. Love y'all. Amen. Can we thank Pastor Eric for sharing the word with us this morning? Amen. On this missions encounter, as we head into this song, it's a song we sang earlier called Never Leave, uh, that Jesus, one of his very last words, I mentioned it earlier, he said, uh, he gave us a command. He said to his disciples, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So he said, what I've been doing to you, you repeat it. You do it yourself to other people. You make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we got to celebrate that part this morning, too. And after that command, he gives a promise. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's a promise that we get to cling on to. If you accepted Jesus for the first time, that's something you can walk away with, that Jesus is with you, that he'll be before you, that he'll be behind you, and that he is always on your side. And that's how we're going to respond today with that reminder. And can we just take a moment, can we close our eyes together uh, before we sing this song? And let's just open up our hearts. Let's make ourselves aware to God's presence around us. each and every single one of us have been like that Samaritan woman. That we've been covered in shame. That we've had the guilt of our sins spread out before us, Lord. And Jesus, you came and you spoke life into us. We were lost and we were found. We were dead and we were alive. We were broken, then we were made whole. And Jesus, we thank you that you're now flipping the script, that we are now being your ambassadors, that we are being your hands and your feet to a lost, hurting, and broken world, that there are prodigals all around us. There are Samaritans all around us. Lord, give us eyes to see. Let us be intentional. Let us be relational. Let us be practical. Jesus, let us meet these needs. Let us meet people where they're at. Let us see people with your eyes. 
Lord, you are calling us to be light into the darkness. You are calling us to be the salt of the earth. Lord, and so we pray that we will be your ambassadors in our homes, in our workspaces, in our schools, in our communities, in our parks, in our gas stations, in our supermarkets, Lord. That you are calling us to go, but give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, give us hearts that know. And we can only do that when you are with us. We can only do that as we are reminded that your spirit is always before us. Your spirit is always prompting us. Your spirit is always directing us, not just through a worship service, not just through a prophetic word, but in each and every relationship, in each and every encounter. And just like we commissioned Doug and Terry earlier, you're commissioning us to go and be your light. So Jesus, we leave this place with a posture of surrender. We leave this place equipped and commissioned to be your hands and your feet to everyone we meet. And we know that as we do, that that promise follows that you will be behind us, you will be before us, you will be with us, you'll be all around us every single step of the way. And we give you the praise all the glory and all the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray today. And everyone together says, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Uh, feel free to learn more about CityServe out at the table, or you can join us for our leader training here in just a couple minutes. Thank you. Go in the grace of God today. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.